This is the DJ Spider Podcast. Presented by BeatSource. All right, we're here. It's the DJ Spider Podcast presented by BeatSource. And we are here with someone who's making history. It's his third time on the podcast. Ooh. No one else has done that. Okay, I can't believe that. No, it's that's the crazy. truth. It's the truth. And someone that's from one of the farthest places from us, Australia. I should be up. We should flip the camera. Yes, so that's I'm down right. Under. Down under, yeah. baby. Shrimp on the Barbie. Worst joke ever. Yeah. I uh, need to introduce you to DJ Chronic. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, so, we could say fucking what's up, cunt. Yeah, get a get a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> what's up, all you cunts out yeah. there? I probably ask this every podcast I do, <laughs> can I swear? And then they say yes, and then it just fucking starts. Yes, yes this is not family friendly. Yeah. Um well, it is in Australia, is. but yeah, in Australia yeah. kids' first words are cunt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they got it tattooed on me, you know. Like, oh god. Yeah. You got the cunt lips. Yeah, yeah I got it. It's falling out though, as you can see, like so I got to get, I tell people, I got to get my cunt touched up. <laughs> wow. Okay. So we've started strong here, yes. guys. Uh, we're here well, in LA. Thanks for having me back, man. Of course. Hey. You came on once during the pandemic. So we had, we used technology through Zoom. You came on again yep. with Sack Noel. Shout mm-hmm. out to him. Yeah, that was Kind dope. of a team, you know, producers roundtable thing. And now we just hung out in Vegas. We were mm-hmm. both there during Super Bowl weekend. Yep. I saw you out there. We had a fun 27 minutes. You know, yeah. <laughs> out for a few it would have been longer if the yeah. traffic, how oh my crazy God. was it? It was, it was impossible I've never to get seen around. Vegas like that. It like, was insane. Like, yeah. you couldn't go anywhere. Um, and yeah, that was nuts. So, um, but the, and now you're in Los Angeles and you're headed back, you know, to the other side of the world mm-hmm. soon. Um, yeah. Back to our summer. Yes. Yeah. Oh God, that'll be nice. Yeah. Oh man, I've I don't think I've ever been to Vegas when it's been that cold. How cold? It was insane. Yeah. I and it wasn't even that that cold. It was pretty damn it was cold. I mean, I DJ outside. It was like thirty five degrees. I could yeah. not feel my hands. Like I was yeah. frozen, like to my bones, like yeah. <laughs> for the whole night. It wasn't. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but I've only, only ever known Vegas as hot because I've yeah. never been. Same. There was all. So. I mean, not same for me, but so many people they were telling me that, like all these people from the East Coast, even New York, they're like. I didn't know it got cold here. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. I saw snow in the mountains. Yeah. What the fuck? I've been here when I used to DJ every week. I mean, there'd be times where during the summer it's 105 at night, you know, Fahrenheit for if we have different things. You or, see, I still <laughs> can't get my in the, in the, And then night it was 25 degrees, you know, Fahrenheit, which is freezing. You know, it's like yeah. probably less than zero Celsius wow. or something. So it gets cold. Um, but, yeah, it was amazing seeing you out there. And, mm-hmm. um I it, we thought it would be a great idea for you to come on and talk to everyone about what you did because you you know this was one of the most hyped halftime Super Bowl shows yeah. I think of all time it yeah, turned out to be hear, yes. right I mean it seemed like everyone was talking about it before middle and after so yeah. much it was one of I think the most watched Super Bowl in the history of the Super Bowl that's I heard what, that's what I've been seeing yeah yeah like that's incredible saying, and it was you know Usher was the halftime performer mm-hmm. but um, he has a huge connection to Atlanta who obviously Atlanta includes Little John someone you work with closely Jermaine yep. Dupree um, and other people and you were a part of putting together the music uh, yes, for yep, the yep, Super Bowl indeed. show. Um, that's all I really know. So we'll get more into it. Um, so yeah, I'd love to know kind of, I guess, first off, like 
what did you do? But then I'd love to also go back in time and hear what led up to that what, point. How it started and that, um, yeah. But just working on the Super Bowl, like – it's such a surreal thing to say, man. Like I'm just some bogan right. from Australia yeah. that grew up listening to Usher and Little John and all the artists right. that were there. Yeah. And to be able to say that I worked on not only like a show with them people, but the size of it, you know, the Super Bowl is like the biggest stage in the world essentially. Yeah. And this was one of, like you said, the most, one of the most hyped ones. So Yes. Yeah, to be I able to work was. on that. Like, it's incredible. I've worked with Usher. Like, I mean, I don't know. Some people know, like, I've worked with Lil John for quite a while now. For Right. I mean, you did. Bend over. I, right. I and did that with him. That was the first thing we'd ever done. That was like a decade ago. Right. Crazy. And still a song I play, works in the clubs, it's really dope. bangs done that yeah. in the club, yeah. It sounds great. Really dope song. Uh, just like Turn Down For What. I mean, it fits yeah. in that same genre, but it, it didn't fade away like some of the other songs yeah. from that time. So. Yeah, for people that don't know, I mean, Chronic has done so many different things in the production world and dance music world and had other aliases and all types of incredible things and started working with Little John um, pre-Bendova. But 2012 or right. 13? So probably over, More than a over 10 years ago. Yeah. But you guys came out with Bendova around 10 years ago, maybe yeah. a little bit more. And you've been doing work with Little John in different situations i guess through that yeah since that we just built a good relationship making music together you know yeah. and we just would produce and we'd do stuff for his records we put a couple of records out together we do stuff that we would just sync you know and we yeah. just worked on a lot over like the last 10 years and right. then it wasn't until like it was 2018 and he hit me up because Usher had hit him up to do – Usher got asked to do this festival in Australia called R&B Fridays. Okay. Which is sort of – it's sort of kind of – I don't know. It felt like it started that whole era of like nostalgic acts from the 2000s doing these right. big festivals because that's huge in Australia. Does – does sorry, off uh, topic for one sec, but it, does Yo Mafia DJ that? Yes, yes, she does. Okay, so yeah. she was on the show. I met her through Twitch during the pandemic and I've been following her and she's incredible. Yeah, and she's dope. She yeah. told me the stories of that and it, re it rung a bell. Like, Oh, is that the party she was talking about? Yes, it looks incredible. Yeah. Massive festival. Yeah. It, I mean, like everything, it took a hit with COVID yeah. and you know, the festivals aren't as big as they used to be in Australia. Right. But like, cause, we, but we, we did it in 2018. Okay. It, and it, he didn't ask me because I'm Australian because it was Australia. It, like, yeah. The it just worked out the like draw, that. I, it, it's insane. And so he hit me, about that, and you know, everyone knows Little John's a DJ and a dope DJ, and so yeah. Usher had asked him to like do the music, like put the show together, and you know, because I work that closely with John, I do a lot of the, like my, the production side of it, and I'm like, I work with him on the creative, but I also like everything's in the Ableton, and so like it's a lot of almost like production slash engineering, you know? Yeah. And then he asked me to do that, which was. Like that was surreal enough, you right. know, insane. And we kind of put that show together, was able to go on tour with them, tour my my country with, with – How dope with, is that? Like two artists I grew up on. Probably all your friends were like, what the hell are you oh, doing? Oh, it was insane, yeah. You know, like and – you're a mad like, cunt. Yeah, and they <laughs> – Exactly, a sick cunt, a mad cunt. Sick yeah, cunt. <laughs> they loved it. And, you know, like Incredible. for a long time, people just knew me as a guy who was the DJ, you know, like, and like yes. you said before, I've been – trying to do as much of work as I can in the background as I do in the 
forefront, you know, yeah. like I love producing, I love working for, uh, with other people, for other people on their projects and all that. And so, and as being a DJ doing the mixtapes, like I grew up making mixtapes. That's where I started. Right. So you're like a DJ, to, real DJ that also knows the production. Real, yeah. <laughs> well, real DJ. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, yeah. Someone that started DJing for the love of it, I oh, guess yeah. is how I'm yeah. saying in, the, in yep. terms of real DJ, you know, yeah. that you were just attracted to the everything the about it. The love of it. Mixtapes are what got me into DJing. Yeah. And like the, you know, there's the group called Club Joining All Stars, which was like our DJ rectangle crew. Okay. You know, and so like um, that's what, that them DJ rectangle style mixtapes, like DJ Motto and the Club Journal stars. That's oh. what got me into DJing. And, yeah, insane. And, me too. I mean, and, I would listen to those. It was my Yeah, mind. it was amazing. And there were more productions than just live sets. So yes. like that's what. I had got, to figure out how he was making it. You know, I, I, I finally the, got I a four was, track and I was like, oh, this is how they're doing it. You know, you can dub in over the other yeah, track. I, I started on Adobe Audition or whatever that was, shit was oh, yeah. called, you know. And I thought when I first heard that, I was like, this cunt must have like 10 arms and 12 turntables, right. you know, but it's not, nah, it's layered. It's a production. Yeah. And so like mixtape live DJing and mixtape production, two completely different things. True. And so then that led into like helping my skill set develop to something to be able to have value to put together a show like this. So, you know, it wasn't just hit song, hit song, hit yeah. song. It was like interweaved mashups. Like we'd go from, you know, like this verse and drop into another beat and then breakdowns and transitions right. and all that shit. And, and that's for the Usher show that was the Usher for R&B Fridays and the tour. Yeah, R&B Fridays was Usher and John. Like they wanted to do it like Usher and, and right. Lil John. Like okay. Usher's the main act and Lil John kind of like not – yeah, like – Is part of it, does the part party of it, sets. Yeah, we like do, did yeah. a 15-minute set in Usher's set of John stuff and then he'd come out and do other bits. But right. like that was – Oh, he'd probably, he'd done music direction before, but mm. that was like a, a step back into it. And that was my first time. No, I've done it with artists, but not on that scale. Right. So that's kind of where that started. And very cool. It was amazing. And then from there, it just led on to more and more work like that. We Right. Because yeah. Usher was almost ma- not making a, not like he left and had to make a comeback, but he's gone through so much, so much evolution and iterations of his career. So I think at that point, yeah, he's doing those tours, and then that leads into. Did that lead into the Vegas residency? Yes, yeah. Okay, because I mean, the pandemic I, happened a little bit. There after was that, that yeah. and and I felt it did feel like uh, that show inspired not just him but everyone around it was involved. Like, oh, like let's do this again. Let's get back on tour. Yeah. Like this show was so big. Like I'm talking 80,000 people at the Sydney show, 60,000 at the Melbourne show, like, and five, like two oh, yeah. weekends of that in, in Australia of all places. Yeah. Right. But you know, they feel the bill. Like you've heard of lovers and friends that the Vegas one. I mean, that like, lo- it looks like a joke. It's so many people, yeah, but it's right? real. Um, and it's, it was like that, but a slightly smaller scale because it's Australia, not yeah. Vegas, but yeah. it was that for Australia. And wow. you know, that kind of led us into we worked with the Avila brothers like Bobby and Iz. Okay. Who like Bobby is And who are they in respect? I did see them. I follow them on Instagram, don't know how I started following them, and then I saw them working with So DJ Iz has Usher's DJ, but also a producer on his own. And same with Bobby. Bobby's worked. Okay. They are both they from work. Atlanta? No, they're from here. They oh. work they but they were around like on the Confessions album. Got it. They okay. worked on the Confessions album and they've been staples in the industry as producers right, okay. and DJ for like 
forever. But right. that, I mean, that's where I met um, them. Okay. And uh, at first it was like me and John kind of putting that together mm-hmm. and um, we we did a bit more with them. And then it wasn't until Usher got the offer for the Vegas residency that they were like, oh, yeah, well, we've got to do this again, you know? Yeah. And then Iz was um, – I forget the specifics, right. but yeah, it was okay. like it. It was now. It's now. It's us four putting this show together, you know. And so for but the that, for the Vegas residency, yeah, okay. And so when John got that call, he let me know, and I'm like, oh hell yeah! But then you know we're in the middle of COVID, yeah. and no bullshit. I put the whole show together with them over Zoom. That's amazing. Seven hour Zoom sessions. It worked good for me because the time difference. I'd get up at like six in the morning yeah. and do a full day. Right. They're doing like because they're late night. They love like working late, especially Usher. Usher like seems to work to like work late. At least at that time he did. Uh-huh. Um, and so we, you know, it was Zoom sessions, putting it together, share screen with the Ableton, and you know, That's like so my, dope. I mean, I'm a part of a team. You know, it's like I'm not doing it all, but of course, you know. A lot of the time, the these type of shows might start in my Ableton, you know, rearrange the tracks, and it's like, you know, do this, do that, do that. Is we'll record some stuff. John will th- record some stuff. Bobby, you know, Usher will come in and like, no, nah, let's move that. I want to do this here, and like, oh, what if I do this here, and like, yeah, all that, you know, and different iterations and changing and this That's and so that. That's so cool. And but having the DJ as a core part of all of this is something so important to point out. Man, when you the, the, That helps these shows yes. flow in such a way that someone else might have a hard time yeah. doing. Yeah, oh, 100%, man. The marriage between, like, musicianship and DJing yeah. in this, especially for this, yeah. I say the same about beat making and songwriting too, but for this especially is, like, you just know how to make shit flow and like what goes into what and where to be real quick with things and where to slow it down. And And I know DJ Mars shout to him is a big part of his show too. Yeah. Um, Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And he's an incredible DJ and he's been with him since the beginning too. I think. Yeah. And he probably helps execute that flow and add on other DJ things and party moments before. Yeah. Cause he does like the DJ break and um, I'm not, I don't know exactly that much because with, with the uh, with the residency, I helped put with uh, John and the and the uh, Villa brothers. I helped put together the first year of the show. Okay, um, and it was all during COVID. Like that's I, like Nuts. I'm lucky, but also unlucky. I didn't even get to see it because I didn't right. be able to get to get back out until the next year, in which they they went a different direction. It's still there's a lot of what we had built in the second year show, but you know they got a we can't do the same thing twice. Yeah. You know, we've got to like update. So yeah, um, I was able to see that, which was awesome. And that's cool. That was, it, it was awesome to see like, you know, sometimes you think about a Vegas residency for an artist and you think, oh, it's the end. Yeah. But it feels like Usher's brought back like the cool and the relevant. It's different now. Yeah. Like with Vegas Adele and all these people. Yeah, it's and, just a thing, you know, and I think even the DJ culture may have pushed that forward in a way yeah, because all the totally. DJs have these massive residencies and they're more relevant than ever by having it. So now and it took a minute for the artists to be able to do that and not be seen as like washed up or old or something. Yeah, totally. When now it's like, oh, wow, look, they landed this amazing Vegas residency and people love these experience based things. So they want to go be part of it and it's yeah. bigger than ever now yeah and it, it, it was awesome to see it grow and then you know from that the lovers and friends offer came in and that was essentially 
Usher, John, but now we're adding Luda to the mix. Yeah. And so it's like, whoa, what the right. This is crazy to me. Like, it's like one of the biggest songs everyone loves all yeah. over the world coming to life again. And then being able to put together a show in the same way we did like the John and Usher thing but then adding Luda's set into it too. So, so then now it's an hour and a half of them three, right. you know, just back to back, ten yeah. minute, like a 10-minute intro, which was like Luda song, Usher song, Luda song, Usher song, and then boom, uh, sorry, Luda John, Luda John, Luda John, and then boom, Usher comes out. And oh, that's so dope. Like real, like thinking of it like a mixtape. Like, that's what I give John heaps of credit for is like we're like-minded or like that. He thinks like a DJ when it comes to this stuff. Like he yes. DJs all the time still and – like just his his ears to the to the dance floor, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, and yeah. So, he knows the psychology of it. Yeah, besides that, just the music. Yeah, and then you know, besides clicking on the beat side of things, like clicking yeah. on that side of things, and I almost tell people sometimes when they ask me, "What do you like better, like working on songs with an artist like this or working on the show?" Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say because like you're touching classics, yeah, and put like doing your own little take on them, and it's like that's almost just as fun as like creating something new with them, you know? Totally. Like, yeah. That know, makes you, sense. I've got the, getting the stems and like, you know, the taking the drums out here and then like, you know, the burn acapella over like a little so John beat or something like, yeah, it, shit's crazy. And the amount of iterations we went through in them shows were a lot. And then along comes the offer, you know, Usher's doing the Super Bowl. <laughs> when like, did that come in or when did you find out about it? I was in Vegas maybe two months before that happened with John and he said to me, he goes, man, I think he might be doing the Super Bowl <laughs> wow. and I think he'll ask us. And I, I was like, wow, you know, but I didn't think, you know, like there was not even rumours at that point. Like I don't know if he just had special yeah. powers, <laughs> you know, he's like I'm manifesting this. Right. He felt but I don't know what he had heard but like, you know, there was rumors before there was the actual rumors. And then, yeah. you know, and so then I went back to Australia and I kind of didn't hear nothing. Then the announcement happened. And then it was like probably a week or two after the announcement that um, John hit me up and he's like, yeah, they want us for the Super Bowl because amazing. I was like, what? This is insane. Like, yeah, that this is leveling up, you know, like all this work we've done, yeah, has been amazing, but like the Super Bowl is a whole other beast, you know. Yeah, and no, it seemed no. like, oh wow, this is more pressure, or like this is a bigger opportunity, and it's but it's twelve minutes, you know. Yeah, which I got so excited about because it felt like, you know, when you make a mixtape and it's like the sixty minutes is fun, but it's that two minute intro that's the most fun because it's super fast time, it's yes. like speed, like so just a li- little bit of this, that, and that one, whatever, you know, and so. Yeah, the uh, the twelve minute mega mix is so dope. You know my right that everyone love. everyone's gonna see in here. Yeah, and so that's incredible. So then, so you guys get asked to do it, and then what's the process after that? Basically, I I, I think what happened is is like the music director, and so the Avila brothers um, are the music director. Sorry, they got asked to do it. And then bring John in and do it. And so, like, and then John brings me in. And so it's, like, us four, essentially, with, like, Usher and all his creative team. And um, I went out to Vegas. Me and John started kind of getting on a Zoom with the with the, uh, uh, the Villa Bros and, um, you know, 
chatting ideas out and like, you know, I kind of went into my own little world and was like, all right, I know the process. So I'm going to bring every song into my Ableton warper. I'm going to bring all the acapellas in and all the instrumentals in and warp them too, because I want to be able to like move shit around real quick and be like, so on point when they're like, Oh, what about that over that? So that I can like do that and then swap things out and like go to an acapella over, you know, like the Ludiverse from fucking, um, yeah, but put goodies freaking link, you know, that's like shit we did, you know? Great idea, yeah. And so like there's all that little preparation. We put together like a preliminary set first and then went into the studio with Ash and, you know, showed him and then from then we just back and forth, back and forth, working, like trying this, like the amount of things you throw against the wall, like, different variations, all that shit. And right. like, I think I ended up at like version 101 before <laughs> I sent the stems out. Now really? not every change wow. is a huge change. Yeah. Like I hit save yeah. new version when like, you cut yeah, a just verse in down. case you want to go yeah, back. So you go back and the amount of going back there was, cause we could realize is that by the end of the process, when I, I got to the end of what the work I needed to do, the, I had to bring in all the stems of the songs I'd had, I think there was some sessions that had like five different variations of the 12 minutes and mm-hmm. each song is stemmed out, kick, snare, hi-hat, music, vocals, background vocals, all the effects, all the extra things. So it's like 150 stems, three, three, 12, three to five 12 minute variations of the full set. Oh and God. then just, and not the same tempo either. Like, so when you're doing, dealing with tempo transitions to an Ableton, it's like it it was I can't believe like it's twenty years of mixtape production that I can actually be like, all right, boom, and move quickly in such a complicated like that's incredible session, you know? It just shows you never know all the stuff you work on for How no reason yeah. or whatever back in the day, just for fun can yeah. lead into Which is nuts. such a crazy opportunity where you're able to excel in that. Yeah. And look, you know, like I would say that I, I, I kind of think of it as stage one I worked on, you know, of the yeah. music production. Like, and I say, yeah. sorry, I I'll say agree. stage one, they, Usher and Nat were probably thinking about it for the longest time before, you know, this is what we want to do. Yeah. They kind of give us some info and then like we, stage one, we put together the music and then, you know, well, after I left, after I'd sent all the stems out to the, to the guys, that's when they start adding the band and then there's all these extra changes and, you know, I was doing a little bit back and forth over Zoom then, but, um, yeah, it was, like, amazing. They brought me back out this weekend to, to, you know, witness the show and, like, to see what we had from the start to what it had become was, like, And just crazy. the crowd into it. Yeah. Oh, that, man, oh, man like, so surreal. Like, I'm so grateful to be a part of something yeah. so big with such legends. You yeah. Know? Like, all, that's incredible. everyone involved. So, so dope. Yeah. Um, and what, um, oh my God. So, so then what did you like, I guess one question I was thinking was like that everybody kept talking about and acting like they would know is like the guests that were going to be a part of it. How did you know who would be a part? Like everyone's like, Justin Bieber is going to come out for sure. Like, but obviously you guys had to know that and it had to have been rehearsed and all that. There's was certain knowledge. How did you know, like when Alicia Keys was locked in or when anybody, you know, Jermaine and John were going to do and Luda were going to do these parts. Like, was that all discussed or sort of, I mean, it's such a big team. Yeah. And so like, there was obviously things I don't know and things. Yeah. 
And so they tell you, hey, put this in or just do this for no reason. Yeah, and you you try a bunch of things out. I mean, I knew John was going to be there because we worked on the show and all that. And, you know, we kind of had prepped different versions and then then they go off and have their talks with 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 the artists that did appear and yeah um yeah like it was i i don't know exactly when every yeah. one of them was confirmed yeah but we but you had to but did we, you even know like when you were doing the alicia keys part or something that she was confirmed or you thought maybe you were just and doing edits of that song well we kind of knew like we would do we'd do certain variations and that that would suggest like oh if you were to bring her out this is what you could do you can you know you could mm. try go into no one or you could go into um if if i right you thought in your dj brain the like, name of that yeah it's like you could go from that into that into that and if she's coming out it'd be dope you could go sing yes. back and forth over the hook or something or yeah. like if will's there then like we got to make oh, yeah will omg was all enough. covered up yeah, Everyone like, at the party we were at were like, who is that? Yeah, I'm like, I think yeah. it's Will I Am. Yeah. <laughs> he had the craziest like head yeah, thing Yeah, which I I mean, you know, that was amazing to see like like the final the final product, you know, like I I didn't know what it was It was dope. Like I mean, it got, that they and, pulled it off great. Yeah. I mean, you guys did. It was it was wonderful. And then, you know, like you know, do we put Luda's verse in? Well, yeah, we put it in, but like until that gets confirmed, like, yeah, you know, we may it's have just to a take wish. it out. It's or, like a wish you know. list. Yeah, we might yeah. have to edit it um, to see such an Atlanta show and him Which, carrying Atlanta on his back in a way and yeah. bringing it to the world. And I think it, you know, the stars aligned because yeah, um, him doing that Vegas residency well, yeah. at that time. And he was and so in the Bowl. zone. Like, yeah, just the last podcast we recorded, we were saying how sometimes when you're DJing every, all the time, every week, like you're in that zone where you just go kill it everywhere. And that's yeah. what it felt like. He had yeah, been like he was, doing this thing. He, he had learned runs, what man. works, what doesn't work, the psychology yeah. of the crowd and how to perform the songs and what to emphasize and not and the dances. and Yeah. Now who knows? Like I'm a small, I'm a small part of it, but I'm a part of it. But right. a, like, who knows how far back they were predicting, you yeah. know, like, but this was the perfect, like, this yeah. is how you get ready for the Super Bowl. You yeah. do two years of, like, insane Vegas residency shows, right. you know, and you try all these things. And, like, and every big musician and celebrity coming and loving yeah. it and posting it and going, Usher, we love you. And you're not like you're back, but, like, in a way, you know. Like, yeah, I mean, it. I just, that's why I think the stars align because it is, yeah. it was the fact he was there. It was the, the Super Bowl being in Vegas. He did the residency. We're in that era where that era and nostalgia is as big as ever. It's like, it's more cool to, yeah. to go back to the nostalgic things. And like, right. he's got such a lengthy career of such amazing music and yeah. to be able to showcase like bits of it all. Right. Like amazing, you know, were there any other things that you learned from the process or unpredictable things that happened um, within the making of the show that, I mean, um, Something like that, potentially. Not really. Like, I I kind of, it felt, it was the same as all the other shows. Yeah. Um, but I guess what I learned from all of them was the amount of changes and the amount of back and forth you do to, right. like, secure that one thing. It's like, you know, you try every different possible combination that you can. Yeah. The thing that made it... Um, the, the reason why I wasn't there working until the very last day is that like, you know, on all the other shows we were able to make changes up, 
up to the almost the minute of performance, you know. This Whereas had this be, had to be locked in, you know, like yeah. there was there was deadlines that like, you know, you, because it's broadcast and it needs to be prepared completely right. from start to finish, every, down to the second. Yeah, you know, like, and the, some stuff it was is, impressive enough watching the people like take the stage out, put right. it down in that short amount of time, and then get it off afterwards. Yeah, you the know? stage was crazy. Yeah, like LED circle, yeah, screen thing, and the like how much they. How quick they get it on and off, you know? Crazy! Like, I can't believe that. Yeah, like, and and didn't leave one screw on the, you know, like that's that always blows my mind. Right, one screw on the damn Super Bowl. Yeah, field. I don't even field. think about that. Yeah, right. like that was. I don't know why that was in my head a lot, but it kind of was because I'm like, everything that's being prepped is amazing, and but this, but it's built and what practiced on. Yeah, and but then they got to get it One in and out. One thing within could minutes. be messed up, and yeah. it could mess everything up. Yeah, so you know, like Everybody's I don't even know the number of people that worked on it, but it was a lot. You know, it was such a giant production. Yeah, that, you know, even just seeing the little bits that I saw was like of 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 that side of it. You know, was amazing because right. you know, like I was just part of the producer team that put the sh- like the music together. Which yeah. Yeah, it's insane. We had to see that on like the NFL YouTube and like watch it live, and then yeah, you know, like That's incredible, which is nuts. I've it's weird because this is my second Super Bowl experience. Like, I had a song in 2017 appear in a Fast and the Furious trailer for the Super Bowl. Oh, really? So I was like, oh, I'm back, but that's dope. yeah, not but not this on that is, scale. This is graduated like, level, you know. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's crazy. Very cool. But, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, what a fu- fucking experience, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm so. And then you head back to Australia. Yeah, I literally only came out just for this because, like, it's um, summertime in Australia, and I yeah. like to do that, you know. Like, yeah, why be you know, in the winter? And so come <laughs> back out here, and you know, just witness what like what we've worked on and, and what they've then done and right. the show that they put together is like crazy. Yeah. You know, to hear, to, to see it and to hear it and like listen to parts. I'm like, Oh, that came, some of that came out of my Ableton. You know, I was a, able no, to say I'm a part insane, of it is, right? is crazy to me. You know, that's just like, so surreal. I can't I'm believe sure. I'm saying this. Yeah. Yeah. But how amazing. Congrats, man. Cheers. And yeah. Good job. Fuck yeah. <laughs> But, I yeah. mean, you could tell it was live, which was incredible. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing a lot of people say, like, they were impressed. Yeah. Like, it didn't just the seem amount like some that he sang, which I was like, yeah. that's what he's meant to do. Like, Right, but, but I mean, we're living in an age where, where people they don't do, do Where that. people don't, but, I mean, if anybody's seen his live show, you, you know, you, yeah. he, that's what he does. Like, right. he's singing and dancing. I and, mean, he's roller skating. <laughs> that's dangerous. I kind of took that for granted at first. Like, cause, that's hard. Because, I mean, not once it finally came to, but like, I didn't realize how impressive that actually was. Like he's singing, dancing and roller skating at all at the same time. And it's, it's so impressive. And the way that it went round in the circle and he's spinning. And then they had an after party, I guess, where they had a whole rink at uh, Encore beach club or something. And they were all skating. I saw a video. Yeah. That's so amazing. I mean, it, the whole Vegas was, Vegas was electric. Crazy. I mean, you couldn't even walk around. You couldn't yeah. even move. Um, Vegas is built for that in a way, Super Bowl. <laughs> it's like yeah. Where everybody wants to be no matter what. Yeah. And I mean, I'm 
Well, I mean, it makes sense that they never had a stadium or a team there, right? Yeah, like, yeah. that's why this is the first, but right. this is built. Definitely not that city is built for yeah. it. You know, they should really just is. have it in Vegas every year. I know. Seriously. But, yeah. <laughs> um, amazing. Well, congrats. Um, Thank you. What about, um, you know, we were talking about the different projects you've done um, and how you produce dance music and you've gone through ups and downs of loving stuff and not loving stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I um, feel like you're back and you have a new project with a new name that you're going to be doing dance yeah, music. Everyone's going to hate me for something. No, for not that. at all. I think it's amazing. It's great no. to keep evolving and doing things. I've and, been changing And it's great to time. get re-inspired and reinvigorated. And even like you were talking about little John, he was a DJ. He stopped DJing. Yeah. He was a producer. He stopped. He come back. You know, you, you come back and forth with it. Yeah. So oh, what's in terms of like, what's your new project you're working on or your new reinvigorated dance? Right now, I'm, like I'm probably going to launch it like next week. Okay. Um, right now, I'm, it's uh, it's called Luke Noise. It's uh, like an evolution of my uh, my project I had was Luke Wild, but then there was another artist popped up during COVID. I kind of took a break because for mental issues, health issues too. Right. And like another another artist appeared, so I'm like, oh, I can't use that name. So I mean, I probably could, but I'm like, nah, I'm just gonna start fresh. I don't even want to deal with that right. battle. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be called Luke Noise, and you know. When I started coming out here and getting into the production, working on like songwriting, I really started falling out of love with dance music, you know? Interesting. Like, like hip hop was my first love. Yeah. I did that, DJed that for 10 years before I even started making a dance music. Right. And then, I don't know, just something about that era of big room and the commercial EDM and like twerk and trap, like, I don't know. I fell out of love with it. Like right. I'm not saying it got shit. Saturated. I'm just saying yeah. I fell out of love with it, and I started right. making working with working with artists on like indie music and acoustic stuff, soul music. I did a, a, like a soul music project with an artist, like all this sort of stuff, and loved doing that. Dived right. deep into that. Got into my hip hop production production way more. Yeah, with the Berry by Dog thing. Yes, and then um, you know it wasn't till last year, like July of last year, that I I was in a club in LA. And I I almost had my eyes closed or ears shut to dance music. I wasn't paying attention. I didn't realize how cool it's got again and, like, how dope some of the, like, the weirder genres of, like, the, you know, the breakbeat stuff or, like, how hard and dope some of this hard techno and this drum and bass. And, yeah. like, I'm really liking the hard, fast shit, you know, like right. stuff – I'm making four to the floor stuff at 170 BPM, you know? Wow. Like, great. Like, and because that's what. I want to hear it. That's what people like in Australia. Like, <laughs> but, but I've been watching a lot of these boiler room sets, right? Where it used to be like a dance DJ would come on and it's like they're playing 128 BPM set, you know? Yeah. But now it's back to like start at 130 and build all the way up to like some drum and bass at 160, 170, Crazy. 180, you I know? Like, and it's this range of just cool shit and. Right. Yeah, people are kind of searching for new, harder, different shit again. And I just fell back in love with it and started working on this project. And just within three months, I'm like, I've got seven songs mastered and like about 20 Dope. different ideas. And I'm just going to go hard. I'm just going to like this new world of independent music and releasing and teasing shit on socials. Like a lot of people hate on it, but I'm actually love it and I'm mad excited about yeah, it. Yeah, that's I great. I feel like. This finger food era we're, we're in is good. Like 
make your shit quotables, you know? Yeah. I don't mind. I like short. I yeah. Mean, I'm a mixtape intro guy. Right, you know? exactly. Like that's true. 30 seconds. I'd right. rather make You can do five. a lot in one minute. Look what you just did in 12 yeah. minutes for the Super Bowl. So yeah. You can do a lot in one minute. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like this idea of making your pub, your Dropbox public, it's like we're in the snippet space. It's like people want to, a song to blow up from the snippets or, or the previews yeah. before they release it. And, I like that, you know. Yeah. I like this kind of like, oh, and it almost can motivate yeah. you to finish it or or go direction yeah. with it. And something. I've been just in my own mind, like, yes, there's the finished song that ends up on the Spotify and uh, iTunes and all that. But this area where we consider not finished but previewed, I consider that like a, f- a actual official release that people got to pay attention to, yeah. like filling that space up, you know. Totally. Like, and, and, and having a bunch of snippets of a bunch of your ideas and like, that's your catalog A and or B, whatever you want to call it. And then you, then you got your actual release catalog, you know, like yeah. there's more public sectors in there of, of our, it's not just unreleased on your hard drive released on Spotify anymore. It's there's that middle ground, which there is, is yeah. almost more important. It's and the helps you connect stop. with your community your fans or people yeah. watching you or whatever you call it. Yeah. These days it's not, Quality over quantity, like people used to say, it's, if you want to be an artist, unfortunately, you have to do both. Right. And if you can get yeah. to a point where you're quality with quantity. Yeah, no, that's, that's what I mean. You, ha- yeah. you almost have to be. Or figure out ways is. to break it into pieces, like you said. You know, maybe take one thing and then you can break that into a lot of quantity of your that's one quality you thing. You know, you know? You even look at the way. People look at it as like the one song, but you could just have the elements and the different ways to pull it apart and yeah. dissect it and then put it back together for the final project. It made sense to me completely when I would, I would, I, um, I love films, right. Yeah. And like, I pay attention to how they release on like their Instagram or their socials. Mm-hmm. And you're like, it's like a film that I get excited, like a new A24 film I might get excited for. They've got a snippet of a, a little bit of the trailer. They've got pictures, yes. like screenshots behind the scenes. Like it's like, True. It's, it's cut up into pieces and delivered to us like that. And it's like, you know, you want bits of it every day, you know? Yeah. And then the fucking movie comes out and you're like, this is right. hype. It's like, so the, and then it lives on later through the clips and the, yeah. the quotables like, and all that stuff. We got to look at that as the canvas to paint on, not like just the cheesy crappy promotional yeah. tool that takes away from the art. It's like, nah, right. put the art in that. I like you know, that. That's chop cool. it up. Like, That's a great way to look finger at it. Food. And a good inspirational, reinvigorating way to look yeah. at it too, you know. Well, I mean, that's just my weird fucking head. It's cool. Thinking way I like thinking Your weird it. head's doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying, man. Trying. We all have uh, weird heads that we have to control, you know, our brain. But The creative mind, know, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a gift it and a world. curse, you know. It's, oh, 100%. It's a tornado of insanity of the most positive thing in the world, the most negative thing in the world, fighting within this crazy space, right? That's why you got to take time for yourself, man, yeah. for your health, for your mental health, yeah. like mindfulness, all that shit. Like, yeah. otherwise it's like doing chest, all chest, no legs, you know, yeah. you're top heavy, like anxiety will run, run and all that shit and will yeah. run wild right. if you attach to every idea, which we do. We're like, yeah, yeah this, that, boom, 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 everything. So yeah. And then you go to bed yeah, it's running at hyperspeed. You're like, no. nah, we good. Yeah, yeah. But I, I wouldn't trade that for the world. I, mean, I know. Well, that's the thing. It's it's infinite ideas, but it's overloading for someone just one brain sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You could yeah. also just be have nothing, and that would suck. <laughs> so. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I could. You know, when you're just sitting there, wish I was just an idiot. Wish you were just like, <laughs> oh, I couldn't 
couldn't think. Right. But yeah. It's I mean, hard. Just I don't know if off. that's anybody, right? I know. I like, don't know. Maybe you can switch off. But that's a very non-motivated person. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> that's We're so motivated dope. cunts. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> motivated cunts. That's the new side project yeah. coming out. <laughs> MC. <laughs> MC. Uh, amazing. Well, uh, any other um, stuff that we should look out for or, you know, wh- where should people follow you? I know DJ Chronic. Yep. K-R-O-N-I-C. Yep, DJ Chronic <laughs> on the socials. Um, um, and that people will find all your projects and everything yep. going on there. I'm sure you get some recap, Super Bowl-y things or, you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe I'll, when I'll, you're, if you're allowed to. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to – I'll post something about it, like, to, well, today, which is the day after. Right. You know? I don't know yeah, when this will this come might, out, but I don't know either. But yeah, soon. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that, then the new project is going to be called Loop Noise. Okay, so, and noise spelt like N O I Z E. Okay, yeah, and so, so um, just amazing. Google that. Google that, baby. That's what I've been thinking. Like <laughs> the the tag is good, like the handle. But if yeah. you can get people typing the name in, right? Get Loop people noise. used to that. Yeah, then. Instead I learned of just that going from, straight to the tag. I learned that from some OnlyFans girls that I follow. Because <laughs> they always get... Why, they spell their name weird and people well, have no, to search it? Well, no, because they're always getting flagged for promoting that type of site. So some of them do this thing where they're like, type my name into the search. Type my name and it just posts every day about type their name. And then so like it... Because you know when you get you shadow banned... Google trending. You thing. have to type it exactly before you see it. Mm. Right, that's what happens. Oh, into the search of any, uh, like Instagram, you're saying, or a TikTok. So if you just, it's like training people's minds to know the name and know the typing of it. Mm, Okay. Anyway. Thanks, OnlyFans. (laughs) Yes. Uh, (laughs) For everything. Yeah, (laughs) for all of it. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Yo, well, thanks for taking the time to Man, come by you. and, and for you, give us insight into what goes into making a Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, Asha, give yourself little, some credit, give bro, yourself some celebration, it. some time to really take it in. And I don't even know if it's fully soaked in for you, how amazing that is. And oh, you're yeah, gonna look it's back a whirlwind, man. Yeah. It's so a, it's a congrats, whirlwind of dude. Like that's so dope. And it just shows all your hard work of 20 years of all of this going into it and probably more, but it's incredible. I mean, it, it paid yeah. off and there's only so much more to come, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what to expect for the future, but I mean, I just play it, but I just try wing everything, you know, just be excited yeah. with with what I can and work on what yeah. I can and And you put your best foot forward yeah, and do what I can. Yeah. See what happens. Exactly. That's what we're I all mean, kind of doing in a way. Yeah, I mean, you, you can plan stuff out, but it may you not You can make as much go. plans and Try push for as many opportunities. Yeah, that's the way I see it. And right at that point, everything's just luck. Yeah, you know. But right. you just gotta but be prepared you, for the opportunity. Yeah, you will never get lucky will... if you don't put yourself in a position to be lucky. So it's all luck. But you got to put yourself in that position. So the more times you put yourself out there to be lucky, you might get lucky. And that's true. Yeah, yeah you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Right. Yes. So. Eighty <laughs> percent of the shots. time, it works all of the time. <laughs> It's a perfect ending right yeah. there. All right, yo, well, DJ Chronic. Cheers, thanks bro. for coming you're a on. Yes, you're a legend. Uh, it. It's the DJ Spider Podcast presented by BeatSource. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you soon. Peace. Fuck yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. Sick cunts. Fuck yeah, cunts. It's the DJ fucking Spider Podcast. He's the maddest cunt in the fucking world. Take it. And that was the DJ Spider Podcast. <laughs>